This is the Sooner Scooter Show, a proud member of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars or at least what you think we're worth and let us know how we're doing. Coming up on this week's episode, OU and Texas move to the SEC is stalled. We'll also discuss some NIL insanity. I'll tell you why you should never hire your siblings or your children. And Nick Saban had something to say about Jalen Hurts. Well, I'm sure by now you know that OU and Texas plan to move to the SEC by 2024 hit a brick wall last week when negotiations broke down between the Big 12 ESPN, and really mainly Fox. Okay, let's call this what it is. This is Fox's fault. If OU is not in the Southeastern Conference by 2024, the only people to blame are Fox Sports. And it's another reason to dislike Fox Sports. First and foremost, Fox Sports screwed you as a Thunder fan. They sold their network to Sinclair who then decided that they were going to take all the regional sporting networks off just about every single streaming service, YouTube, Hulu, Sling. They were going to take it off Dish. And then they were going to force you to buy direct TV or cable and pay a hell of a lot more to watch the Thunder. Now they're pissed off because Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. And they know that in 2024, they cannot go out and recoup the revenue by selling games that teams like Houston and Central Florida are in. So in order to get that money, they're going to make OU and Texas life miserable and keep them in the Big 12 for another year longer than what they want to stay. It is absolutely ridiculous. This is nothing more than people being petty. Now, I know what you're going to say. Well, there's business involved and nobody wants to lose money. I, I, I. But things can get worked out. You can make people whole. ESPN could actually be a part of this and make Fox whole if they wanted to. In fact, ESPN could probably take the revenue from a day of concessions down at Disney World, give it to Fox, and that would make up for any money that they were going to lose on a Central Florida-Houston game as opposed to watching OU and Texas play Iowa State and Oklahoma State. But no, pettiness, stubbornness, headstrongness, and just the I'm going to make you sufferness of all this starts to get in the way. And what I would do if I was Oklahoma is I would get together with ESPN, and I know that some of this has already been done because it's been it's been written about, But if you're Oklahoma, you might want to bite the bullet and do something really gross here. And that is maybe schedule Bedlam for a couple of years where you've got open dates and you can let Fox have the rights to broadcast those games if you're ESPN. Whether the game's in Stillwater or whether the game's in Norman, you just let Fox have the rights to broadcast it. That way, oh, you can be in the Southeastern Conference Along with Texas, you tell Texas, all right, do us a favor. Go, look, go play, go do a home-and-home with K-State and we'll let Fox have the broadcast right. Or or go do a home-and-home with Kansas. We know how much you love playing them. So do that, let Fox have the broadcast rights, and we'll just get out of it. And I imagine Fox would be somewhat agreeable to it. Now, if OU, I'm not really thrilled about continuing the Bedlam series, but if it means I get to go to the SEC earlier, 
it might be a pill worth swallowing. And you don't have to play Oklahoma State back-to-back. There are open dates. I started looking at it. There are open dates in 2027, 2028. There's open dates next year. So you could spread it out. And you could do that home-and-home and they could recoup. Heck, even in some of those other open dates, you could schedule Big 12 schools. If that is what it's going to take to get done, then get it done. You're also going to ask me about, I guarantee right now, you're you're asking about the exit fee, which OU would owe $80 million. It's $160 million total, $80 million from OU, $80 million from Texas as part of this 99-year agreement that all the Big 12 schools signed that said if they ever left, this is the money they would fork over for everybody else. That can be negotiated down. And it did seem like in some of the things that were printed between now and Friday that the the member schools of the Big 12 were okay with negotiating down that buyout. Because as one Big 12 AD put it, they don't want to be here, we don't want them here. It's not good for OU and Texas to just kind of linger in the Big 12, be lame duck members, they're not going to be allowed to vote on anything, they can't really affect the outcome of the conference. This is really all about money and and Fox being greedy. And if Fox decided that they actually wanted to move forward with this, it would get done in a heartbeat. That's just not where they are right now. And if Fox really wants to blame someone, if Fox needs to point the finger as to why this conference fell apart, it's not OU and Texas's fault. It's Nebraska's fault. They were the first to pull out. And then when Nebraska pulled out, Colorado went, Missouri went, A&M went, and then you were just left with this shell of a barely five, a barely power five conference that really OU and Texas were carrying from the revenue standpoint. And you're just being real. And, and Fox knows that. Fox knows these are the only two schools they can sell on a national level because none of the other schools they have outside of BYU have any national appeal. You could get some relief, and if you're OU in Texas, maybe you want to pick up the phone and call the call the presidents at Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah and try and talk them into moving to the Big 12 because if that were to happen, if they were to leave the Pac-12 and move to the Big 12, then you could escalate this a lot quicker than what it, than what is being done or what looks like is being done, which at this point... 2025 is the earliest we can expect to see OU compete in the Southeastern Conference. But it is, but time is of the essence, and it is very crucial that Oklahoma jump to the Big 12 in 2024 because that's the same year that the Big 10 is going to expand when they add USC and UCLA. That's also the same year that the college football playoff expands to 12 teams, and you want to have your footing in the Southeastern Conference before you do that. Plus, from a recruiting standpoint, you're not stuck having to you're not stuck having to answer the question, when are we going to the SEC or will I get to play in the SEC if I come to OU and I'm only planning on playing three years? Because I know I'm a stud and I'm going to the NFL. Right now you can't promise that to a kid. And the sooner you can, the better off you are because it'll start opening doors to that talent that you need to compete. Because right now, if I got a choice between you and Ole Miss and I want to play in the SEC, I'm going to Ole Miss. Speaking of the Southeastern Conference, one of OU's opponents or future opponents down the road will be Alabama, which 
most likely will be coached by Nick Saban unless he just gets a wild hair to retire. And man, I wish he would in the next few years. But Nick's um, Nick's decided that, that he wants to take a little credit. Actually, not take a little. He wants to take a lot of credit for Jalen Hurts' success in the NFL. This is a video that appeared on social media. Okay, TikTok, which is social media. And Nick Saban tells us just exactly how influential he was in making sure that Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma. Well, I think Jalen is defined by his commitment to his development. Now, if you understand the history of this player, he went 26-2 and here as a starter, bought into everything in the program, and got beat out and went through a whole season of being a backup player. We had a conversation and he wanted to graduate from Alabama, so he wasn't gonna transfer until he graduated. I said, you need to work on becoming a better passer. You can't just make plays with your feet. So this whole season, I want you to focus in practice on reading coverages, understanding the passing game better and being able to read and dissect what you need to do uh, quickly and focus on that because you want to play in the NFL someday, that's what you need to improve. And his diligence in doing that on a daily basis, wouldn't take off running in practice, made himself stand in the pocket and learn how to do that. And then when he wanted to transfer, I said, well, who has the best player? He wanted to go to Maryland or Miami. I said, you need to go to Oklahoma. They got the best coach to develop you as a quarterback and you're going to be around the best players, so that's going to enhance your chances of having success. He did that. He had a great year. I was worried about having to play him in the playoffs, and I can't tell you how proud I am of seeing this guy in the Super Bowl only because I know firsthand what he went through to get there and how he dedicated himself to doing the things that he needed to do to uh, make himself a better player and make him a, a complete player at the position. Now, having a discussion today with one of my friends who follows recruiting closely, who reports on recruiting, he says this is not exactly how this went down. And as I and, and best I can remember how it went down, at least from what I was told, is that Jalen Hurts' parents or his father opened up the conversation with Oklahoma, and one thing led to another, and, and that's when Jalen Hurts, that's why Jalen Hurts ended up at OU. He did visit Maryland. But ultimately, OU is where he wanted to go and where his father wanted him to go the whole time. It wasn't because of Nick Saban. You can look at this a couple of different ways. One, you can decide to believe that Nick Saban wasn't as influential as poss- as he claims he was. Or you can thank Nick Saban for, for pushing him to Oklahoma and helping OU win another Big 12 championship. I, I, look, I'm going to err on the side that Nick doesn't deserve all the credit the other re- and the main reason I'm going to err on that side is because we know he's using this in recruiting and he's using it a couple of ways. Look, you can make it to the pros if you come to Alabama as if Tua Tagovailoa isn't a good enough e- example of that or Mac Jones, both pretty good examples of Alabama quarterbacks making it to the NFL. But the other thing, the other reason Nick Saban can use this is hey, look, re- hey, if you work hard, and you do everything you're supposed to do, and you're a good teammate, it just doesn't work out, I'll help you get where you want to go so you can make the NFL. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not buying that for a second if I'm a recruit or a recruit's parents because I know that the minute I leave Alabama, you're going to have a tendency to be stone cold. But hey, when it sounds good, go ahead and hold up the flag for Jalen Hurts or anybody else 
that came from Alabama. So you can get all the credit for being the coach that you are. Um, There's something about this that feels, in a lot of ways, feels disingenuous. But, geez, we don't dare say it because God knows none of us want to be cut off from the great Nick Saban. All right, coming up next... Some absolute insanity in the NIL and why OU doesn't need to get involved in this crap. You're listening to the Sooner Schooner Show. If you stuck around after that tease, thank you. Because I started realizing it's like, wow, as the words are coming out of my mouth, it sounds like I'm saying OU shouldn't be involved in the NIL. No, that, that's not what I'm saying at all, is, is that OU shouldn't. I'm not saying that OU or, or any school shouldn't be involved in the NIL But what I am saying is don't get involved in some mess that happened down in Florida uh, when it comes to a a quarterback, Jaden Rashada, who signed his NIL or signed his letter of intent uh, to play at Florida, got out of it, and is now playing at Arizona State. This is not a mess you want to be involved in. And The Athletic has revealed more details of what went down. And I've, I've been following this mess ever since it happened. But according to The Athletic, Um, Rashada signed a four-year deal with a Florida collective, which guaranteed him $500,000 up front. He was supposed to be paid, now get this, $250,000 per month, per month as a freshman. That went up to $291,666 as a sophomore and $375,000 as a junior. All that per month. Again, he was getting that per month. All and all he had to do to get that money was show up at a few NIL functions, tweet out some sponsored tweets, um, post some stuff on Instagram that was sponsored, and I think it was one a month, and then sign like 15 pieces uh, of memorabilia. And then you would be granted two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month. Just absolutely mind blowing. Well, how this all went blank up is that the guy who was involved in the collective and promised all this money got cold feet. He realized, my God, am I really about to invest this much money in a kid whom I don't know if he's going to be any good, and if he's not any good, how's he going to bring people to the bit to my business? And if he's not any good, then eventually he's not going to be at Florida, and it's just it's a lot of wasted money going into somebody's pocket. So he pulls out. $500,000 does not hit the bank account when it's supposed to. And Jane Rashada is now part of the Arizona State Sun Devils. The reason I say OU doesn't want to get involved in this mess is two things. One, if you have a, a collective that goes and negotiates with a kid, and that's the only reason he comes to OU, and then you think better of it, because honestly, it doesn't make a whole lot of business sense to do something like this. And look, I'm not the most business savvy person, but this is a bad business model to invest in this kind of kid. If you you pull that money off the table, it's certainly going to hurt Oklahoma if they do that because that word gets out, this has done irreparable damage to Florida because people are going to use that against you recruiting. Look, you can't trust their collectives. Our collectives you can trust. You can't trust theirs. Oh, 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 look, OU pulls money out of kids' pockets. They make a lot of promises, but then they do a bait and switch. Once they get you on campus, they don't have that cash for you. Just absolutely, I mean, it makes you look sleazy 
All right, makes you look worse than the bag man. So I don't want to see OU make any promises like this. I hope they're not. I would imagine other schools have or got close to something like this. And maybe this serves as a warning that if you're going to negotiate with these kids, negotiate amount that you have, that you feel good about paying them. Okay, negotiate amount that you feel good about paying, in the, paying them and then deliver on your promise. The other thing that I would say if I was Brent Venables, okay, and a kid's parents came to me and said, look, we've been negotiating with a collective. They want us to come to OU. They're willing to offer us that much money. If I'm Brent Venables, I say, don't do it. Um, even if they be, look, if the only reason you're coming here is because of some money guaranteed, then I don't want you. I want to know that you're coming to OU to come to OU, that you want to be a part of the program. If it's just about the money, go somewhere else. And that might offend the collective, but screw them. They're not part of the university. They shouldn't have any say in this whatsoever, which goes back to, to me, this completely violates the spirit of the NIL, which is you show up at a campus, you're good. Somebody says, hey, that's Jalen Hurts. Somebody says, hey, that's Dylan Gabriel for more modern OU football players. And I look, Dylan Gabriel's really popular. He wins a lot of games. I imagine if I got him to, to do a commercial for my car show, I could bring in a, or my uh, car, my dealership, I could bring in a lot of OU fans. That's the way it should work. You should never be guaranteed any of this up front. It ought to be something earned based on your star power, which is something very hard to measure and not every kid has. And a lot of kids are going to get jealous, but they'll learn how to live with it. They'll get, they'll get over it in time. This is insanity. And Billy Napier should speak out against the collective. He won't. Uh, I think it's very cowardly that he's not speaking out against the collectives. I don't care what pictures these guys have got on him. They put the screws to him. And the NCAA should look at this. Um, and the NCAA should not only look at this, but the parents need to look at this. I don't know if you can force these contracts to be binding, but if there's any way the NCAA could, it would be good. Look, I'm not mad at Jaden Rashada. I don't blame him for leaving. And I'm not even mad at the guy that took the money off the table because, dude, I, I would tell you not to do it. I think for it was best for everyone that this kid ended up at Arizona State and honestly, I'm hoping he's having, I hope he ends up having a good career there and gets this put behind him because honestly, I'm just not that big of an a-hole. I don't want to see anybody fail. Uh, just like I don't want to see Brian Ferentz fail at Iowa. Never under any circumstances, if you are the head coach of a major college football program, don't hire your brother and dear God, don't hire your sons. Um, Brian Ferentz, poor Brian Ferentz, offensive coordinator at Iowa's dad, Kurt's coaching there. Fans hate this poor kid um, or poor guy. And instead of firing him, which probably would have been the humane thing to do in Iowa, what Kurt did was had him renegotiate his contract. So he takes a $50,000 pay cut. And there's a clause in the contract that says, you've got to score 25 points per game. Now, wisely, whoever negotiated the contract uh, or whoever negotiated the contract wisely, it doesn't specify whether or not the points have to be scored by the offense or the defense. You've just got to score. You've just got to average 25 points a game, which is up from the 18 that you were averaging this year. 
The problem with this is, and look, it's not necessarily a fate worse than firing because at least you're getting 850k a year, um, and you have a job and you've got time to repair your reputation. But you've got an entire fan base that, A, knows what the stipulation of your contract is, and they don't like you. And as much as they want to see their school win, there's a lot of people that are going to be rooting against you, which is why I always kind of felt bad for coaches, because imagine the entire world rooting against you at your job. And you can always say, well, they knew about this going in. Well, I don't think anyone really quite understands what it's like going in until you've been in these shoes. But I thought about Mike Stoops for a second, and I thought, what if Bob Stoops had done this to his brother in one of the last two years that he coached at OU, made him publicly take a $50,000 pay cut, and then had a you know a clause where you've got to hold offenses so many yards per game, or you can only give up so many points per game, and... How many people in the stands, how many people at Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium, a.k.a. Owen Field, as I always want to call it, rooted rooted against OU to, to, to make those stops? Oh, they want them to win, but we want the defense to suck because we want a new defensive coordinator. At that point, if you're going to do that, just fire the guy. Or better yet, as I said, don't hire them at all because it puts you in a bad situation and they're in a bad situation. And I never felt that second go around, Mike Stoops could really ever win. Um, And I don't feel like Brian Ferentz can win now. And I'm glad that things have worked out for Mike, although he's working with his brother at Kentucky. um, And hopefully that doesn't go as bad as it did at at OU. But yeah, don't. Just don't hire your family. Recommend them. Find them jobs other places. Let them go be successful under other coaches. But you never want to put them into the into this situation because, man, I can only think about how awkward Christmas and Thanksgiving were at the Ferentz house this year. All right, that wraps it up for us. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars or whatever you think we're worth. May God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Mood always says, everybody love everybody. And to paraphrase Don Cornelius, love, peace, and boomer sooner. <laughs>